Culture Power people. Welcome to the Culture Power Podcast. It's your host, Stacey. And tonight's featured guest is Ashley Johnson, artist, multimedia superstar, who's going to talk, talk to us about her work and her life and how those two things intersect. Um, this series basically is called Art is the Antidote. And the idea is that art can solve a lot of things. Um, art can actually bring wellness, art can bring truth and expression, and that is why we're speaking with these artists. So, Ashley, how are you? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. How about you? I'm well. I'm well. I'm, I'm maintaining. It's been a crazy week for everybody, I think, but I think that we're making it through. So tell me a little bit more where, about where you are right now. What state are you in? Um, currently I live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I was born and raised here. Um, I've always just really loved the city. It's pretty small-ish, like small-ish town. Um, but I love it here. It's where, where I'm from and where most of my work is made. Okay. So the, the, where you are informs your art? Sometimes I think I live in the South and um, you might be able to hear the train behind me, but, um, I live in the South. Um, and that sort of informs a little bit about my, about my work. Well, honestly, a lot about my work being Southern, um, because I wrapped femininity into that, which being Southern and also Southern womanhood is such a, plays such a huge role and a huge part, um, in my work. Um, but you know, city wise, not necessarily, but things move a little bit slower here. You're able to observe things a little bit more closely. You're able to, um, connect with time a lot differently and time plays a huge role in my work. And so living in the South where things move a little bit slower and, you know, you're able to be a little bit more introspective with the time given, it definitely does influence, um, or play a huge role in my work. So you've traveled. How do you think Southern femininity and Northern femininity, femininity <laughs> different, differ? How are they different? Uh, it, it's really interesting because my, my, I, my mom, my grandmother moved up North from being down here. So it was really interesting being a Southern woman and then seeing a Southern woman move up North and then take some of those things up there. I would say that there's a, a, a an air of, respectability that's a little bit more um tuned in in the south um we take religion very seriously not not as i wouldn't say as you know more so uh as one would up north but when you think about baptist church for example you know people put southern baptist in front of it because there is such a difference um and you know a lot of our mannerisms a lot of our uh, sort of cultural guidelines have its have its baseline in religion. So, um, and it you know that through time that sort of spilled into the culture, and so you see a difference with the way women sort of carry themselves up north versus down here. For sh- particularly as one who grew up in the church, um, with the way women dress for church, <laughs> yeah, um, I see. I definitely see a bit of a difference, but, um, but it, it just moves into womanhood very differently. There's lots of stipulations on women in the South, uh, that has, you know, sort of come through the church. Yeah. Congratulations of how you can carry yourself. Right. For sure. I, that's the main difference that I've seen in mostly cultural stipulations. It's not necessarily like, you know, what's deeply ingrained yeah. in us innately. Yeah, it's also self-expectation. I grew up in the South, too, in Florida. You wouldn't believe how deep South parts of mm. And definitely self-expectation of how you can behave and how you can compose yourself 
Um, it's different than up north where you can take up a lot more space, I noticed. Um, so tell me right. more about your art. I mean, what brought you to this, to this vocation or this half vocation that you're doing? Secondary vocation. So I've always been um, a, a photographer. And, I, and honestly, photography, you know, it comes down to, you know, the actual mechanisms of a camera. But there's so many different aspects of photography that one doesn't really... I guess, I don't know, that you kind of don't separate from the whole. Um, for me, I love light and light is a part of photography. I love collecting and canonizing um, moments and periods of time and things and people. And that's a part of photography, which is, you know, sort of being very keepsake-like. Um, and so I, I've always been a collector of, of, you know, beautiful moments and things and that thing sort of translated into sort of starting a photography business. Um, and, you know, just mostly because I had a, a camera <laughs> um, and yeah. practicing on my, doing things with my friends, but with my fine artwork that came around 2017 or so um, when I decided I wanted to try and sort of work out some different concepts and images that I've had sitting around in my head um, and just see where, where things fall. And it, you know, my very first series was very well received and I just kind of kept going and kept asking questions through photography and, and it's evolved into a very interesting fine art and conceptual space. So how would you describe your work? Because the listeners, you know, unless they have the computer phone open right now, they're <laughs> trying to visualize your work. How would you describe your work to somebody who can't so, right now? Um, tonally, my work is very... Um, muted tones earth tone uh i capitalize on shadow a lot so you see a lot of that um i focus in on portraiture so you do you will always see a subject um i also do a lot of masked faces and in large part because um i just like mask making and i also like the idea of an entire identity being a part of a mask um because in essence we all wear masks you know in some form or another and so sort of covering a person's identity with a mask is is something that I've my work has a lot a lot to do with um a lot of folks sometimes say that it looks like it's from another time period because of the clothing that I use or place on my model sometimes and usually it's because I'm not trying to you know communicate a time period but a specific idea that is timeless okay. um and that for, ties back into your the southern femininity type of thing because a lot of not that all of your models are are female but a lot of them are yeah yeah in large part i think because most of the questions that i was asking was in relation to my hair which i just cut all off again oh, okay i thought something was different <laughs> Yeah, so when I first cut my hair off was when I was like, I want to explore myself and all of these different concepts about personhood, myself as a woman, myself as a Southern woman, um, expectations, dating, love, all of those things. I want to explore those through um, photography. And so a lot of my early work, a lot of it um, uses women as the subject, mostly uh, me being different characters within the work. Um, we're playing out different scenarios and pain points within the work uh, and exploring those. So compared to the beginning of your, of your, you know, I, I'm not going to say the beginning of your photography, because that sounds like it goes farther back than your fine art um, <laughs> experience, right? Um, mm -hmm. how, how do you see yourself evolving? Have you changed along the way? Like, how do you see yourself evolving? 
I see myself interested in men. Um, I went from, you know, really interesting, interested in women to being interested in sort of girlhood and um, take, I have nieces that I take photos of. Um, and currently I'm very interested and focused in on men and understanding the dynamic between black men and women um, in more heteronormative um, context. So and black men mostly black men, specifically black men. And now with my newest series, which is called Mark Yourself Safe, it mostly discovers or uncovers the fear that we experience in and around black men, not just as black people, um, but everyone, everyone. So as my work evolves, it just evolves with my curiosities and, and trying to do more challenging work. I mean, the work that I have out now, Mark Yourself Safe, it, you know, it's more in public. I go to more public spaces. I'm doing very interesting things in public spaces with strangers who don't necessarily know what they're looking at, but they're just like, whatever's happening is happening. But um, my work evolves as the questions around what I'm interested in or what is interesting culturally evolves. Right. So for those of you who haven't seen this work, I, I'm assuming that it's large. Um, and mm -hmm. bare-chested um, black men are together and they have this red substance on their backs. And initially when I looked at that mm -hmm. red substance, I inferred my own thing on it. What, like, is that representative of blood? Are they, you know, slaves being whipped? Because that's where my psyche mm -hmm. went. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, I'm sure as an artist, you're basically just putting your, your mind out there for other people to have an opinion on. So what do you think of that? Like, is there anything specific you're trying to, to convey to the audience or are you just trying to let them infer their own opinions? Um, own opinion for sure. So mark yourself safe. You know, if you're familiar with the, the term, it's a, um, whenever there's a natural disaster or something happening within a city on Facebook, you can quote, mark yourself safe to let your friends know that you're safe from whatever natural disaster, whatever sort of thing. Um, and it's just, you know, this idea of there's an ability by which you can publicize your fear and then also mark yourself safe from that fear. Um, and also this idea of natural disaster or other acts of God that may put you in a space of fear. And I think about Black men in that same way, is that they are acts of God. Um, they are um, spaces that are in and around us. And in, in, in most settings around us, we are marking ourselves either safe from the public, from men, from Black men, from society, from politics, um, routinely throughout, our, throughout the course of our lives and day and time. Um, are, you, are you saying that the public, or maybe not the public at large, not everyone, <laughs> um, the general viewer is that culturally anyway, that Black men are natural disasters to be marked safe from? I think that's the way we treat them. I mean, the way we kill them is that way. We we eradicate them. We root them out. We jail them as if they are a disaster, as if they are something. Yeah, we try to manage them like a disease. Um, and so that in in that way, you know, how do we mark ourselves safe from it? And and even as black men and women, I, and that's something I had to confront in this work too is my own fear. I'm like, where did I get this from? Because I grew up, you know, in neighborhoods around lots of black boys and black men. And so, and being so far removed from that area or space in my childhood or upbringing, um, and then reaching out to men who, um, 
you know, who I don't know, who are strangers and asking them to do this work or just people that I'm familiar with and asking them to do this work and addressing my own fear. The idea is that the shapes that exist on the back, which are reminiscent of Rorschach shapes, is this sort of psychoanalytical tool that um, asks the viewer what they feel beyond the black body. Um, but looking at the shape and saying, what is it that I'm able to see? Um, and do I find safety in this, in this color? Do I find safety in this body? Do I find safety anywhere? Um, and so up to, you know, and up until, you know, in that, in that particular area, because there's men who are in portraits and there's also men who are in settings within their homes or outside of their homes or just doing regular things, but they've got this shape. And um, it's, it's a body of work that, analyzes the viewer while the viewer is also analyzing themselves and the work um so yeah that's it's for sure uh a work that definitely leaves it up to viewer interpretation yeah well also i think you know it's really in line with this whole art is the antidote like you for a mental health sake you have to self-reflect and mm -hmm. figure out why you feel feel the way you feel about what you see um and let's you know this is a great uh, time to segue into your, your day job, what you actually do, um, and why yeah. you can talk about Rorschach. Um, tell us what you do. What's the so, <laughs> so, you know, by day, um, I work in behavioral health. Uh, I work for a managed care organization that manages, manage, uh, manages Medicaid funds for behavioral health services. And behavioral health is specifically mental health, um, developmental disability, and substance use, which is, um, which in large part you see affecting some of our most vulnerable black and brown populations. Um, my job is to assure that the folks who deliver those services are qualified to do so. So in essence, you know, I'm sort of investigating doctors for a network because in, in essence we are an insurance network even though it's medicaid um, but i'm able to be you know we're required to take courses it's really interesting to like get involved and get involved more on the clinical side so while my function isn't clinical i have exposure to doctors and um, therapists who i work alongside um, and sort of being able to see some of the most um you know, some really, some really difficult things in the community with foster care and group homing and substance use and just, and also learning um, the methods for dealing with those things. It's really, it's really interesting. So that's, that's what I do by day. To, to what degree does that influence your work? Do you think? Um, day to day, honestly, it doesn't influence my work very much um, because for, my job is my job. And for the most part, what I'm looking at is, you know, clinicians <laughs> uh, and the things that clinicians do. So what advice would you have for new artists just starting out? What would you tell them? Some advice that I would give to artists who are just starting out and finding their voice is, um, is one, it's okay to be inspired, but limit the amount of exposure that you have to um, to people that get idolized because what ends up happening is those influences become replications in your work rather than, you know, source material for your own imagination. Um, I would say soak up so much of everything, explore everything, navigate everything, know everything, um, have the sharpest 
um, social intelligence that you can have. Read everything. Know anything and everything you can know about what you're interested in. Remain curious and practice, 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 practice. Um, you know, it takes a while to find your own visual voice and we all have one. It's just a matter of really trusting our instincts, being extremely intuitive, honing our personal taste. So for if you're just starting out, start there. Start with honing exactly who you are. Um, and maybe it's okay to have certain fragments of people that we love and are inspired by. But what's most important is um, what you fuel yourself with regular, regularly and on a regular basis. So I would say to the new artist, you know, get to know yourself deeply. Any more shows coming up for you next year, this year? So there's a lot of really cool things coming up um, in the fall of next year. Um, so we've got some time. There will be a continuation of Mark Yourself Safe, um, which will be at the Java Project in Brooklyn, New York. So that's fall of next year. Um, and then at the top of next year at Angels Gate Cultural Center in um, California, I'll be having a show there, which is just like um, it's a group show that'll feature about three pieces of my work so that is in the spring of next year and then the summer of next year I'll have a show at the Southeastern Center for Contemporary Art that's here in Winston which is really cool it'll be my first museum show which is really great um, and if you want to see Mark Yourself Safe and you are local and here to Winston-Salem you can absolutely go down to Camino on 4th Street of course there's lots of social distancing in there which is great um, and you can check out the exhibition um, and also you can find me and the rest of my work on my website at www.highaj.co. That's .co. Um, I, um, and you can also hire me on my site for a number of different types of services, which are located in my service menu on my hire page. Um, and that's it. Thanks for having me. It was my pleasure. That's our show. Thanks for listening. I was your host, Stacey Grant Lewis. Remember, our differences are amazing, but we are more alike than we are different. Don't forget to check our website for more news about culture and anti-racism work. Peace and love to everyone. Bye.